At the end of every single Man Talks event, I say the same thing. We do not do traditional marketing. And my ask of you is that if you enjoyed tonight, go tell one person and tell them what you've learned. And that goes farther than us, you know, spending $5,000 on a Facebook ad to try and fill seats at an event because that's more meaningful to people. And as we see more and more online advertising and everybody moves their business and the products and their services online, in-person promotion will become so much more powerful. Word of mouth promotion is going to be the future of marketing because it will be so rare and people are going to be fighting for it even stronger than ad space on Facebook. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou, and boy, do we have an exciting guest lined up for you today. This young man is a phenomenal, phenomenal businessman. He has created one of the true phenomenons in the business community in North America today. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only the legendary Connor Beaton, founder of Man Talks Community. Hello, Connor. Welcome to the show. Hey, brother. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's a real honor to have you on the show, man. So, Connor, the person listening to this show is a coach, a consultant, a business owner. The reason they listen to the show is because they're looking to learn from great guests like you, how they can take their life and their business to the next level. What they want to know is they want to know your backstory. So tell us, how'd you get to be Connor Beaton, the founder of Man Talks Community? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good question, man. Um, I mean, I kind of failed my way into it for quite a while. (laughs) That's the the honest answer. I think, um, you know, so many people, some people have a very clear path of how they're going to get to where they are. And other people really... Um, come through it. Some people call it luck. I call it, I've, you know, I found my way to purpose through failure. So, you know, I have a background in music. Um, I was a classical singer for, for a few years in my early twenties and traveled the world. I let go of that. I decided I spent two years studying human psychology, human performance, cognitive behavioral therapy, positive psychology. I read everything that Carl Jung had ever written. And I studied with somebody that actually had worked with Carl Jung and, and then I set and then I set two goals for myself. One was to start my own business and two was to learn about business from the best in business. And so I got a job at Apple. I worked my way up. I was I was running a, a market um, and was overseeing sales teams, operations teams. I was working with some of the best in business people that had gone to Harvard, Yale, Stanford, IE, which is the number one program, uh, master's program in the world in Spain. And really got to learn about business from these critical thinkers and, and combine my knowledge, my creativity with the business acumen that they provided. And that's what allowed me to really uh, learn the lessons that I needed in order to figure out how to launch 
Man Talks, which you know came into existence about three and a half years ago. You worked at Apple. How cool is that, man? How long ago? Yeah, was it was. That? A, it was a blast. Um, that was a couple years ago. So I was actually only there for for four years. I left basically right at the very end of 2015. Unbelievable. That must have been an experience and a half. Yes, definitely. I mean, getting to work alongside some of the, you know, top minds in in the world because Apple, you know, despite whether or not you like the company or the brand or the product, they hire incredible people. And so it really is a you know, it's it's the most profitable company in the world. Um, they're they're going to be they're on track to be the first company to to be doing uh, you know a trillion dollars a year. They they're clearly doing something right. So getting to be in that environment in that culture to see how they you know create the products, create the the customer service, the type of people that they hire, the hiring process, just the the whole thing you know from front to back was really an incredible experience to get to learn from. And so. You know, I always recommend for entrepreneurs, if you want to see how business is done right and how it's done wrong, go work for your favorite company. You know, leverage the opportunity if you're young enough um, and even if you're not young enough to go work for your favorite company to see what they do exceptionally well um, and to see what they do really badly (laughs) because you can learn. Yeah, you can learn some really valuable lessons in there and then apply those to the business that you want to create. You know, Connor, that's really powerful. First of all, I love Apple and I love Apple products. I'm, I'm a Mac head uh, and have been for quite some time. Steve Jobs is my all-time favorite entrepreneur. And one of the things I say, uh, which I stole from Steve Jobs, is you got to make your dent in the universe. You're here for a reason. Mm-hmm. You're here for a purpose. You know, uh, like you, I'm involved in men's work. I'm part of a men's organization in Ontario. That's actually a North America-wide organization. And I think for a man in particular, know, knowing what his purpose is, is really, really important. And I know that's one of the things that you talk about inside of, of Man Talks community. But what's interesting to me is you, you're not a classically trained business guy. You didn't get a Harvard MBA. I mean, you sang classical music for crying out loud, which is pretty cool, but <laughs> it's not exactly a pedigree to go, you know, be this great business guru guy. And despite all that, despite the fact that nobody handed you anything, you have managed to create a position of thought leadership for yourself out there in the marketplace, a very impressive one. I mean, Mantalk's community is in cities all across North America. You've got people that are part of your community, various communities online from all over the globe. It's very impressive. It's very powerful. And what, what we like to say in E-Circle Academy, uh, which is a program that I run along with the podcast, is there's five critical elements to thought leadership, okay? So element number one is you got to have world-class intellectual property, right? It's really, really important. And based on that world-class intellectual property, you've got to be able to position yourself as a preeminent expert in the field, one of the best, if not the best person in your field. Then you've got to have a really crystal clear message and a really clear target audience. Then you've got to have the power to leverage across multiple platforms and multiple modes of delivery. This is something I learned from Matt Church and Michael Palmer, who used to be the co-host of this podcast. And then finally, you need to have incredible mentors and incredible peers. So I'd like to take each one of these five pillars, Connor, with you and go through them in turn and have you comment on how you apply the uh, key lessons from these pillars inside developing your thought leadership. 
So let's start awesome, with man. world-class intellectual property. Talk about that first. What are your thoughts on that and how have you developed some world-class intellectual property? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we're, we're in the personal and professional development industry for men specifically. Yes. And in the, in the men's space, like if you really look at it, a lot of the programs that are out there, the traditional men's groups, they don't really have um, they don't really have a very specific format. It's more, you know, emotional processing or, or group talk therapy based. And so it's very loose infrastructure. And so we actually went about creating a year long curriculum called the man talks mastermind that lays out for facilitators, for, you know, participants exactly, you know, step by step what we cover. And so we broke it down into four quarters we cover purpose first and foremost, because like you said, purpose is absolutely essential. It is the foundation of where we really should be starting because so many people, you know, think, okay, I want to make a million dollars and that becomes their goal, but they don't have a purpose behind why they want to achieve that or how they want to go about doing it. And so they end up setting off on a course that isn't fulfilling for them. And as Tony Robbins says, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. And so we really want to avoid having men and women design their lives around just money or monetary success. So really starting off with purpose. And so we built an entire year's worth of curriculum. We mapped out all of the meetings and all of the meetings have a very specific set structure for them and a flow. Uh, we've got experiences within there that we teach our facilitators uh, how to do. We have a facilitator's guide that that basically walks the facilitator how to run a group, how to facilitate a proper men's mastermind or men's group. And we provide them with all the resources. And so having that intellectual property is extraordinarily important because then we have options of what we want to do with it. Now, we're in sort of a niche field, but there are, you know, the, the men's work space is starting to really expand and blow up. More and more men are coming into the space and they're trying to say, okay, I want to better myself as a father. I want to better myself as a husband, as a, you know, as a business owner, as a professional, and I'm looking for non-traditional ways to do that. I don't want to just go to like a traditional business networking event that's not working for me. I want something more deep, more impactful, and I want to be surrounded by a group of like-minded people who are going to help me accomplish that. And so having that intellectual property has been an absolute backbone for our company because it really helps to identify what mission we're actually out to achieve and accomplish. It also supports people who are in, uh, it, it attracts the right people is what it really does. It is basically like a script and, and, a, and a message that communicates to your potential customers, to people that want to be a part of your organization, to potential team members that communicates to them exactly what you stand for and exactly what you what value you are providing the world, the community, the team, everybody that that touches and comes in contact with your organization. So the the, the IP is absolutely essential, and I and I believe that it's what differentiates a you know good companies from the not so good companies because it provides that infrastructure for people to really know what you're all about. You know, that's powerful and that's really well said. And I was thinking about it. One of the things that uh, I'm really passionate about is men's work myself. I mean, I, my own story is, uh, uh, is one where uh, I was married and my wife uh, seemingly out of the blue decided she didn't want to be with me anymore. And I, and I went into a dark place around it all. And, and I, 
became a part of a number of different men's organizations. And thankfully, through the help of those great men that were around me and some powerful professionals, I was able to get out of uh, being a victim and, and take my power back. So one of the things mm. I've wanted to do and, and I've started doing actually and, and want to really launch in a big way is serving separated fathers, specifically separated fathers whose wives have left them. Because that, that's been my story. And it, it for a man, it can be pretty devastating to deal with that. You know, it's a blow not just to the ego, but to the sense of self uh, that a man has. It has him start to fail in his health. It has him start to fail in his business or his work. It has him not be as good a father. You know, it can take men years, decades, and sometimes they never get over this, right? And my vision is to help men get over this in weeks or months, get their power back. You know, as I like to put it, when you're divorced without compromising your wallet, your integrity, or your family, or your, or your wife even, for that matter. And I, and I believe you're right. More and more men are coming into the space to be of service to men. One of the comments I have is there's a lot of men coming out there, putting themselves out there as experts in men's work who aren't necessarily experts. And that's been kind of something I've been concerned with. What are your thoughts around that? Because I hear all, all, there's men that are coming out there that are almost man-shaming some men. You know what I mean? Mm. And, and, yeah. and that's not cool. I mean, that's not what we're all about. We're here to, 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 you know, to challenge men, to empower them, to have them be their best selves. So how, how have you dealt with that sort of situation? Yeah, I mean, the, there's a few things on this side. I agree with you. I think, you know, as... As men's issues become more prevalent and become, you know, we have more and more women that, that speak out and speak their truth about men that have abused power and that have abused women and, and have abused men. Um, we, we see this rise of men coming out to support other men and it's coming from a good place. But this is this is no different than what I've seen in the coaching industry. Far too many coaches get into the work because they have been hurting and they don't want people to hurt the way that they are. And the problem with that is that oftentimes these people are trying to support other people before they're fully healed and they're not ready to do it. And so you can't, you can't help somebody if you're hurt. You can't fully help someone heal and work through the crap that they're going through if you're still trying to process yours on your own or with a group or whatever that looks like. And so I think that a lot of a lot of the challenges that that we see right now with, you know, people coming out and men coming out and, you know, claiming that they're a men's expert, that they're a transformational men's coach is that they, you know, maybe they haven't done the work fully yet. And they, you know, they probably don't want to hear this, but they probably haven't done the work fully yet to really be able to support men properly because it takes a lot. And then on the other side of this, of this spectrum, or maybe they even had the, the life experience, I, right? Some of these men haven't gone right. through, they haven't, they haven't been battered around by life. I, I, I've heard of this guy and, and nothing against younger men. I've been a younger man myself, but he's 28 years old. He's never, he's never been knocked down by life. He's wanted every thing he's done. So what's he going to teach a, a man, a father whose wife just left him and said, I want a divorce and I'm going to sue you for everything you got. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, there is, there is some credibility that getting a, getting a, can I swear on your podcast? <laughs> do, do your best can not I? to. It's a family show, but if okay. you have to do it. Okay. I didn't, I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to, I just didn't want to drop it. But, you know, there, there is something to be said for having life basically like, you know, hand it to you and having life, you know, big old punch in the face that, that wakes you up. And so, 
you know, there, there's a certain amount of credibility and authority and experience that comes along with that, that, you know, people who haven't really ever had that type of emotional uh, turbulence in their life are going to struggle to connect with. And in the healing process, people that know that, you know, if I'm working with somebody and, you know, they are, they're going through something incredibly traumatic and, you know, I've never experienced anything like that. It is challenging for that person to feel like I have a form of reference for what they're talking about. Now, thankfully, I, I say this, I have been given the gift of a very challenging past. <laughs> and so, hey, you and me both, congratulations. <laughs> and so, you know, I do have that form of reference, plus I have studied it and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I think that that experience helps. And I just want to touch really quickly on, you know, the the men that are are maybe shaming other men. And I call these guys cuttlefish. And I call cuddle them cuttlefish fish? because <laughs> cuttlefish. And and I'll I'll explain it really quick. Very simply, um, cuttlefish are like these squid-like looking creatures that live in the bottom of the ocean. And the alpha cuttlefish will win over a female and they'll start mating. And there's a very sneaky type of cuttlefish, male cuttlefish, that pretends to be more feminine than it actually is. And it tricks the larger male into thinking that that it's a female so that it gets in and right underneath its nose mates with the mates with the female right underneath his nose and this is sneaky dastardly fish (laughs) and so this is a tactic that some men use is that they perceive that being hyper feminine and and hyper feminist and agreeing with everything that women say you know agree with the idea that all men are evil and that you know male sexuality is bad or or evil or aggressive and all this like toxic (laughs) Right, exactly. Toxic. Thank you. Um, it's a means for them to win favor from other women. So it's, and just it's a means the, for it's them. It's the age-old way of trying to trying to get a woman to like them. So you know they exactly. can do what a lot of exactly. men have tried to do throughout history, which is you know win that lady's romantic favor. Let's put it that way. Exactly. Exactly. And so and it's so disgusting. it's just a different tactic. And all it does is, you know, it it creates listen, men are men are dealing with a lot of shame right now. There's a lot of public shame that men are experiencing and there's that's just what's happening right now. It's neither right or wrong. It's just is what it is because there's a there's a shift in the tide. And men need to start owning their own part in the dysfunction of what's been happening. And men need to start doing their own work. And we have our own work to do. And at the same time, we shouldn't be publicly shaming men, you know, and we shouldn't be publicly shaming men's sexuality, just like we shouldn't be publicly shaming women's sexuality or, you know, their their rights to their own body. Like, you know, we have no right in that. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that one piece, the cuttlefish, watch out for them. No, there's no question about that. But, you know, I'm, I, I agree with some of what you said, and I'm going to challenge some of what you said. Mm-hmm. Shaming men is wrong, period. Shaming women is wrong for being a woman, period. I agree that anybody, man or woman, who abuses their position of power or engages in predatory behavior as an individual, that person should, be, uh, should suffer the consequences of their actions. So, mm-hmm. period. But... There is no way to to say that a particular individual, you know, like some of these individuals in Hollywood, for example, represents their entire gender and that all men need to 
take stock of how men have behaved. No, I think an individual man needs to take stock of his own individual behavior as a man. If you're an honorable man, mm-hmm. one of the things that I think our society's lost these days is this sense of honor among men. I, like I can tell you, growing up for myself, I'm 50 years old right now, My, the idea that a man would assault a woman to win uh, her romantic charms, if you will. The idea that a man would use his position of power in business or in politics or whatever in order to get a, a woman to go to bed with him was abhorrent. My father would kick the crap out of men like that, and he, and he did. There were some people who you know, made those kinds of approaches to women in our family. My father and my uncles went, they took them behind the woodshed, and they kicked the crap out of those men. And I think there's there's... That, that's something that would have happened in the old days. It doesn't necessarily happen today. You know what I mean? Mm. And I think me, as a man, you as a man need to be responsible for how you are in the world, how you show up. But I absolutely reject that all men need to bear the sin of some bad apples. Absolutely reject mm. that. Yeah, I mean, we don't need to bear the sin of other people, but we also need to understand the the construct of what's happening at a high level. And yeah, and you're right, you know, like if if you or some other man, you know, is, is abusing power. I don't own their actions. I'm not responsible necessarily or carry their burden. Let's be or clear. That's not something I'd ever do or ever have done. Let's be clear. Abs- absolutely. Let's be clear. Um, absolutely. And so, but you're right. We as, we as individuals shouldn't have to uh, carry the collective. It's just like not, not all Germans should have to carry the collective weight and burden of what happened in the past. Now they they have a part of that, and and that's part of their history, and they need to understand it so that it doesn't happen again. But carrying the shame and and basically manipulating and, and like shaping their lives around that shame isn't isn't a healthy response to it either. But we do need to understand it. Well, listen, I understand your point about you know Germans, but I to say that. Men are like Nazis were during World War II. I think that's a stretch. Yeah, you know what I mean? Men, there are some men that have behaved badly. There's no question, but there's way, way more men that have behaved very honorably, have stepped up. Uh, I heard Brad Pitt went over to uh, Harvey Weinstein when uh, he was mm. uh, with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Harvey was uh, harassing Gwyneth, and he basically threatened to kick the crap out of him if he didn't stop. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and Weinstein stopped, you know, so I go, kudos to you, Brad. That's how a man should yeah, be. Yeah. Right. And I can understand. Yeah, well, we need to own. Yeah. I can understand how some men can't do that. I, well, you know, I think the individual Harvey Weinstein needs to own that part of it for sure. You know, but I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. go around as a man and say, oh my God, I need to own what Harvey Weinstein did. I don't know what Harvey Weinstein did. I don't know what Kevin Spacey did or any of these other idiots. What I, what I own is how I show up for the women in my life, for women in general, uh, and that's what I'm going to own. And uh, I'm going to own stepping up as a man and saying, hey, as a man, uh, this is a, a standard of behavior that I'm going to embody and, and be mm-hmm. as good an example as I can be to my sons because I have two sons. One is uh, nine and one is 11. And I want them to be a certain way in the world. I want them to stand up for uh, people who can't stand up for themselves. So I'm having them both do Kyokushin Kai Karate. You know, they're going to be black belts by the time they're 15. So if anybody ever messes with them or, or, or someone in need, they're going to be able to take care of themselves. That's what I think is important. Mm. Yeah, and we and we need to be holding each other accountable. I think that that's the bigger picture that I'm speaking to is that as men, 
you know, we're not responsible for some man's action that we have no idea and no contact with them, but we do have a certain responsibility and, and obligation to the men that we are around, you know, and that's part of brotherhood. 100%. And, and, and to be able to hold brothers and your best friends accountable to, to what's morally right and, and not abusing power and to be able to step in, like you gave the perfect example with Brad Pitt, to be able to step in and say like, hey, this isn't acceptable, you know, is, is what I think that we need more of. And it's really the call that I think a lot of men are starting to answer to. And, and that, you know, women are a lot of, a lot of level-headed women are asking for. It's like, hey, step in, you know, like listen to us, listen to the stories. And I think that's an important piece of what we need to be doing as men. 100%, 100%. So let's go back to the thought leader conversation. This was a nice uh, nice digression though. Um, <laughs> side, side tangent. Side tangent. So going back to thought leadership. So you really understand IP and you've created some great IP inside the Man Talks community, the Man Talks Mastermind and the formats you've created with the manuals and the facilitators. So that's allowed you to seek out a position of preeminence in the marketplace. Talk about how it's allowed you to do that. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that's sort of distinguished us is really being able to, like first and foremost, our events that we have around North America are open to both men and women. And so we wanted to create a space that was a little bit different because most of the time men's work has been done behind the scenes. And so for a lot of women, they have no perception of what's going on and they see men's work sometimes as like a threat you know, because when men gather, sometimes it's a threat to, to, to the feminine. So we really wanted to open up the conversation. And I think that that has helped us really grain, uh, gain some, some credibility and some authority in the space that, that, you know, these events are open to men and women. And then we have a deeper dive into the conversation, which are our mastermind groups, which are a private community and that that's, that's men only. And so this intellectual property, you know, we built an IP as well for our events and how they're structured. And that's allowed us to, to expand out relatively quickly and empower the people who really want to carry that conversation forward. Because if you're, if you're a thought leader, one of the key things that you need to figure out in the puzzle is how do you empower other people to speak the same language as you, to, to spread the same message as you. And if you can create an, an intellectual property or a message uh, that allows them to do so and you empower them to do so, the promoters that come into your brand, the, the people who just love what you're doing are naturally going to gravitate to it. They're going to want to talk about it. And you're basically creating the resources for them to do so. And then all of a sudden, the the brand and the intellectual property that you've created takes on a life of its own and becomes so much bigger than you as an individual. And in my perception, that's that's one of the main goals of a thought leader is how do I create a message that becomes so much bigger than me, you know, like Lewis Howes in the School of Greatness. Well, the School of Greatness is so much bigger than just Lewis Howes. There's this huge community that supports it, that makes it living and, and this thriving body of work. And it has become so much bigger than him. And it's allowed him to do a lot of other work and become an even more present thought leader. And he's even stepped into the men's space as well with his latest book, The Mask of Masculinity. So that's really how it's how it's supported me is by kind of giving it a life of its own and empowering other people to go out in the world and and speak the same language and talk about the same message and allow them to have resources and tools to actually start that conversation in a way that's aligned with their values and their beliefs. Very well said. Very well said. So the third pillar 
of thought leadership, which you started to allude to in your answer, is around clarity. Clarity of message, clarity of your ideal target market. So you've actually done a really good job with both. Why don't you give us some comments on how you did that? Yeah. So, you know, first and foremost, I looked at what I needed most when I was struggling. <laughs> and like I said, the, you know, we, a lot of us get into this space because, you know, most thought leaders get into this space because they've gone through something. They feel like they, they have a worthy cause uh, to contribute to. They have a worthy message that they want to get out in the world. And so when we create when we create this, we need to look at what did I need most? What, what would have served me the best? And, and then start to create that and start to basically elicit feedback from the people in your community. So as we built the, the intellectual property for the Man Talks Masterminds, one of the most uh, critical things that we did is that every single week I would sit down with some of the guys in our community and say, hey, what do you love about what we're building? What's missing for you? And those two questions are incredibly important because you get the dichotomy of the things that are working really, really well and the things that might be missing for them. And you can start to accumulate really, really incredible feedback that's going to support you in in better refining your own message, better refining your product, and starting to like really see what people are saying online as well. So when people do share your message or people do apply for your program, starting to really notice what are they saying? Like when when guys apply for the Man Talks Mastermind, they they say very specific things that is in most of our messaging. You know, they say things like, I'm looking for a like-minded community of men. Well, that is all over our website because one of the things that I heard initially when we started, when I started sitting down with the guys in the Man Talks Mastermind and the guys that were coming out of our events, they were all saying like, I feel like I don't have a like-minded community that's up to the same things, that believes in the same things as me, and that is committed to a similar way of being in the world. And that kept sticking out for me. And so we, you know, as we built the the website and some of the articles and, you know, who we are as a brand, that became entrenched in everything that we say and do is that we really are, you know, this inclusive community that is for like-minded men who are looking for a very similar thing. And so it that's a that's a filter that that allows people to self-identify with whether or not our brand and our mission aligns with who they are and what their mission is at the current time in their life. You know, I really like what you just said because a powerful message repels as many people, in fact, more people than it attracts. And that's really important. Yes. You need to know who, who you're for and who you're not for. And it sounds like mm -hmm. you've done a really good job of that. That's one of the key pillars we teach thought leaders, whether they're a newcomer or there's someone like you who is, you know, a thought leader, maybe even budding towards celebrity thought leader status. We say you've got to repel the people that are not for you. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that became apparent in the beginning because we kept attracting these guys who uh, sometimes were looking for more like therapy. And in the beginning, I was like, how, why is this happening? Why is it that we're attracting some men that, you know, have some serious issues that they need to work through and, you know, are looking for more of a therapeutic environment because that's, that's not what we are. You know, like we're not, we're very clearly what we do is not group therapy and, mm -hmm. and some organizations do that, but that's not really what we provide. And so I really had to take a look at our messaging and, and realize that some of what we were putting out in the world was attracting that. So it was really interesting, uh, just, just 
just to your point, it, it really is, it can be a repellent and you have to be careful because you attract what you put out. You do attract what you put out. Very well said. Okay. So the next thing is leverage. Leverage is a powerful and important pillar. So I'll give you an example of what I mean by that. There's a, there's a, there's a man that we've been working with inside our community. He's actually a man I met through my men's organization. When we started working with him, he's 25 years old. He's a personal trainer. He made less than $20,000 a year. He would bus it everywhere to train people. And his criteria for working with you was, if you've got a pulse, I'll work with you, right? So <laughs> we taught him to narrow his niche. We taught him to leverage. So he went from simply selling, you know, one-on-one uh, -on -one training where he busted everywhere to selling group programs, online programs. Uh, he got into nutrition and then he created high-level masterminds. He created a VIP and then he created an inner circle. So he sold ten and $30,000 programs and he's going to be launching a seventy-five dollars and $100,000 program. It's a lot easier to go from 20000 to a million, which is what he did in two and a half years, if you are able to leverage in that fashion. Talk to me about how you've used leverage or are contemplating using leverage with your thought leadership. Yeah, so there's there's a few ways. I think, you know, uh, you can use leverage in terms of getting your message out there. And I think it really does start with your message and your vision. And so having a very clear vision of the impact that you want to have is incredibly important because without that, it's very hard to leverage anything, whether you have the message or not. If you don't have the vision of where you actually want to be going or how your business wants to look or how you want your lifestyle to look, you know, build your lifestyle, not build your, build your lifestyle to suit your business, not your business to suit your lifestyle or sorry, I got the bad word. Build your business to suit your lifestyle, not your lifestyle to suit your business. Totally got um, it. And so, yeah. So one of the things that, that we've done in terms of leverage is, and, and this is, this has been one of the biggest pieces for us is really word of mouth marketing. And so mm. we don't really do a lot of Facebook ads. We don't really do a lot of those things because I learned at Apple that the most powerful thing that you can do is have people so ignited and so jacked up about your product that they do all the marketing for you. And that they hear about the program, the service, the product that you've created, and they naturally drive people towards your product for you. Like if you notice, Apple doesn't do sponsorship, right? They don't like sponsor football games or, you know, TV commercials at the Super Bowl and stuff like that. I mean, they did when they first started up and there's the, you know, epic commercial. But for the most part, yeah, that's such a good one. But for the most part, what they really have done an incredible job of is tapping into a niche and setting them free by giving them such a positive experience at every single touch point that those people go out and tell the world about the product and they can't help but be a promoter. And so I think the more that you can leverage that, that is one of the most powerful things that you can do. Of course, you can put more money into Facebook ads and you can put more money into Instagram ads and you can pour money into traditional traditional marketing and you know email marketing and all that kind of stuff. But the most the, the, the most high-valued leverage that you can focus in on is creating exceptional experiences, products, and services for people and then encouraging them 
to go and talk about their experience with your product and doing that in, in a way that feels good for them. Like you have to know your, your customer, but doing that in a way that feels good for them and not being afraid to ask. You know, I think that where a lot of people go wrong is they don't ask for the heartfelt testimonials. They don't say, hey, I would love for you to share this podcast with one person. Like at the end of every single Man Talks event, I say the same thing. We do not do traditional marketing. And my ask of you is that if you enjoyed tonight, go tell one person and tell them what you've learned. And that goes farther than us, you know, spending $5,000 on a Facebook ad to try and fill seats at an event, because that's more meaningful to people. And as we see more and more online advertising and everybody moves their business and the products and their services online, in-person promotion will become so much more powerful. Word of mouth promotion is going to be the future of marketing because it will be so rare and people are gonna be fighting for it even stronger than ad space on Facebook. Connor, I gotta tell you, that's gotta be the most powerful business tip I've ever heard on our podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Brilliantly man. said. You're welcome, but you know, I said it because it's true. Wow. Yeah. I learned something that I'm going to apply in my world immediately as a result <laughs> of Connor Beaton. Beaton, you rocking it, brother. Okay. So let's chug right along. So, last but not least, mentors and peers. I mean, obviously, you're in the business of providing masterminds. So, you believe in peer groups, and I got to believe you believe in mentors. So, briefly tell us a bit about how you've implemented that inside your thought leadership practice. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I wouldn't be where I am today without mentors in my life. And, you know, I, I paid a lot of money in my early 20s, my mid 20s, my late 20s, my early 30s, so that I could get the mentorship and the guidance that I needed. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to find, I guess he found me, I found a, a mentor when I was very young. And, and you know, he was in his uh, early to mid 70s. He had been, in, you know, in business, in psychology. He had really like gone through the gamut. And I was fortunate enough to get to work with him for, you know, almost a decade before he passed away. And, wow. and, you know, there was a grieving period after he passed away and I immediately started looking for another mentor, another mentor who could guide me. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's incredibly important because otherwise, like, listen, I am, you know, not naive to think that I have all the answers and that I don't have my own blind spots and my own weaknesses. You mean you're not the smartest person in the world? Connor, I'm so shocked. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely not the smartest person in the world. Um, and so being able to have strong mentors around me has been an absolutely incredible gift and getting to be a mentor to other, to other people has been an incredible gift as well. And I would not be where I am today without the mentors, you know, at Apple, in my, in my past singing career, in my business. Um, it just, it, it is absolutely crucial and essential. And for a while I thought I could do it by myself, but I was not getting the results that I wanted until I got the mentorship, until I had a group of people holding me accountable day in, day out, week after week. And that is what helped me create the consistency that I was actually looking for. Love it. Love it. So listener, You've heard from the man himself. I think you've given us way more than three expert action steps. So we're going to just get right to it. If you're listening to this and you are a woman with men in her life, 
which I'm assuming every woman has some men in her life, whether a romantic partner or not. You need to send them to check out Man Talks Community. You need to get them to a Man Talks event. Man Talks has a brand new program called the Man Talks Alliance. You need to get to the Man Talks website. You need to check out Man Talks Alliance for your men. And men, if you're listening to this, Check out Man Talks Community. Check out Man Talks Alliance. You need to consume Connor Beaton's content. You need to learn from him and see how you can apply his genius to your own business. And you need to definitely share this with other people. So I learned that from you, Connor. Ask everyone listening to this podcast to share this podcast and Connor's message and Man Talks Alliance with at least one more person. How'd I do, Connor? Was that good? That was awesome, brother. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's great. You bet. So also, if you're wondering if you have intellectual property that's worth something, if you're wondering if you could be the Connor Beaton of your niche, and you've had these chattering monkeys, these negative voices in your head saying, no, I can't do it. I can't be like Connor. It's not me. Don't let them silence your dream. You need to be bigger than the negative, the nattering nabobs of negativism in your head. Jump on a call with us. Go to ecircleacademy.com forward slash appointment. You can jump on a call with me or a member of my team, and we will sit down with you, spend 30 minutes, 45 minutes with you to help you understand what your intellectual property is worth in the marketplace. And here's the best part. The call is absolutely free. There's no obligation. We're not going to try to sell you. We're not going to try and force you to do anything. We're just simply going to help you. And if what you hear makes sense and we think we can help you, we'll tell you. And if we can't, we're going to do you the honor and the respect of pointing you in another direction. But make sure you take advantage of this. And here's what I want to say. It's been a privilege to have you on the show, Connor. Thank you for being with us today, brother. Thanks, man. I really appreciate you having me on here. Some great questions. My pleasure. And that wraps up another episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's incredible guest, go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com, check out our show notes. And if you want to know whether your intellectual property is worth something in the marketplace, if you can turn your expertise into your dream, go to ecircleacademy.com forward slash appointment, jump on a call with me or one of the members of our team, and we'll help you get started to crushing your 2018 goals. And that, my friends, is that. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. <music>